Hello and welcome to The Coping Toolbox, a child psychology podcast hosted by clinical psychologists Dr. Layla Din Osman, Dr. Mary Simmering McDonald, and Dr. Jennifer Rend. We hope that this podcast helps parents, children, and teens learn new coping skills in dealing with their stress and anxiety and to help strengthen relationships in their lives. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this special episode of the Coping Toolbox, a child psych podcast. Given the rollout of the COVID vaccines, we've noticed an increase in needle worries in the children and teens that we see. So we decided it might be helpful to provide our listeners with some tips to help manage their anxiety about needles. Dr. Layla studied infant immunizations and parenting behaviors during her graduate work, and she'll be sharing some of her knowledge with us today to help get kids as well as their parents through some needle fears. So Dr. Layla, can you tell us a little bit about what parents can do? Uh, let's start with just prior to taking their children to get the needle. Yes, sounds good. So basically, um, when we're thinking about bringing your child to an immunization, we want to plan in advance so that you're prepared and you're not caught off guard during a possibly distressing situation. Um, So planning in advance, what does that mean? It means pack some things with you, which I'll talk about in a couple of minutes. Um, Things to keep your child distracted, for example. Um, And think in your head in advance as a parent about how you're gonna react when your child uh, potentially becomes distressed. So the idea of planning in advance so that you're not caught off guard is really important. Um, So one of the first steps you can take prior to bringing your child in for an immunization is talking to your child about what to expect. And this is really particularly relevant for older children and teens. So we say about age four and up would be a good age to explain to your child what's about to happen. So with a younger child or an infant, you may not want to bring it up in advance because sometimes it can... Um, you know, because they're so young and they can't understand or reason what's going to happen, it might actually distress them more. But for an older child around age four and up, um, help prepare them by giving them some very basic developmentally appropriate information can help them to um, cope with what's about to happen. So basically, as a parent, you want to explain to your child in very basic terms, um, you know, you're about to get a needle. It's there to keep you healthy. That's why you're getting it. Everyone has to get these needles. It only hurts for, you know, one or two seconds and it's over very quickly. It'll feel like a little pinch only for a moment. And another really important part of preparing your child is not to do too much reassurance. Um, And that seems kind of counterintuitive. I know we've spoken about this in the anxiety podcast we did a few uh, weeks prior, but um, sometimes parents, you know, intuitively engage in a lot of reassurance to their children, right? So they'll say things like, oh, don't worry, it's not going to be a big deal. And it's not going to hurt at all. And they start engaging in these reassurance behaviors that actually escalates their child's anxiety more and it makes them anticipate something really terrible is about to happen. So it's almost like a red flag to children, right? It's this idea of, oh, you know, my parents, mom or dad, you know, they're telling us, you know, um, everything's going to be okay. That means something bad's about to happen, right? So, um, and, and this is really true actually in the pain context as well. So the research in the area of pediatric pain has shown this relationship very consistently. Parental reassurance actually increases child's distress and pain during painful procedures. So we want to avoid too much of that um, or at all. 
You know, another point when we're preparing our older child or teen in advance is trying to model and give them some uh, positive self-talk that they can engage in. So um, helping them come up with statements like, you know, you can do this, you got this, you're very brave, um, that type of self-talk, preparing them in advance can help them during the actual immunization or painful procedure. Um, Another point I will bring up is to you know, when we're thinking about preparing in advance for an older child, you can ask your child, what would you like to bring with you to help you feel distracted during the needle? Something that will keep your mind off what's about to happen. Um, So, you know, an older child could come up with an idea of a video game to bring with them, uh, an app on their phone that they like to play or that's very distracting, you know, their favorite book, a younger child might bring their favorite stuffy, um, things like that. So, so having them come up with some ideas for what will be distracting, um, gives them a sense of control and a sense of choice um, that can really help them in terms of their coping skills with what's about to happen as well. Another thing I'll say here about preparing in advance is bringing a variety of distractions. So what I mean by that is um, sometimes kids, especially younger children, can get really bored easily with a certain toy. So you want to have a variety of things in case one thing's not working, right? So a couple of video games, a couple of apps that they like, a few different books, stuffies um, with younger babies different types of toys can be very distracting, very helpful. Um, So toys, for example, with lots of different sensory aspects to it. So, you know, light up toys that have music and that are very colorful can be very distracting for younger babies. So bringing a few different options, just in case one of the ones you bring doesn't work so well. So, I mean, I guess with getting the needles too, there's, there's sometimes there's the wait as well ahead of time. So do you think that like, it's helpful, you know, I think obviously we're talking about the actual, you know, prior to the needle and then distraction available when the child is getting the needle. But I guess even having those distractions available ahead of time is probably helpful too, just so that, um, you know, then the child isn't thinking about, uh uh-oh, the needle is coming and what's about to happen. And it's more just sort of that distraction ahead of time as well. Yes. So that's a really good point, Dr. Jen. So this idea of um, engaging in some of these strategies, not only during the painful procedure, the immunization, but also prior. So like you said, um, you know, while you're waiting in the waiting room for the needle or driving in the car on the way there, you can be engaging in some of these strategies. And then also after, right? Like not forgetting the after part too. So we'll, we'll get there in a few moments. But um, the idea here with all these coping strategies is before during and after can be really, really helpful. And the other thing I'll say about the distractions, so for example, the toys a parent will bring with them, um, bring something for the waiting area and then change it up for the needle. So it's like interesting to the child when it comes out of you know your goodie bag, for example. Oh yeah, I like um, that, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. So wow. like perhaps, you know, with a, an older child, you can have a book that they can read in the waiting area to keep themselves calm and not worry too much. And then when they get into that, uh, you know, doctor's office or um, the immunization clinic that you take out a new toy or video game that they can have just moments before the needle is about to happen. Another strategy to do in advance, so again, we're, we're going back to what can parents do before the needle, is teaching your child relaxation techniques. So again, I know we've gone through some of these in previous podcast episodes, deep breathing here, excellent strategy because it's something any child can take with them anywhere they are. So whether they're in the classroom about to get an immunization at the doctor's office, they can use deep breathing. So taking a deep breath in through the mouth, counting to four, 
and then exhaling through the nose, counting to four. Great, yeah, it just relaxes them, right? And uh, and then I I don't know if this is uh, if this is accurate, Dr. Layla, but I've actually heard that the more relaxed we are, the less painful the needle actually is as well. Is that accurate? That's right. So there's been some research in the area of pediatric pain, again, showing that the more anxious and worried a person, children as well as adults are before a painful procedure, the more they're going to, um, in a way, be hypersensitive to the pain or feel the pain more, report more pain, right? We know that, you know, that mentality or the anxiety um, right before and during a painful procedure can have a huge impact on pain scores. So keeping calm and keeping regulated before and during has a huge impact on pain, uh, self-reported pain. So um, this is a very important technique that um, I think needs to be highlighted here. So just keeping yourself calm, deep breathing again, very easy to do with a child. With a younger child, you can use other strategies like, um, you know, pretending to blow bubbles, for example, or, you know, blow on a pinwheel, just to kind of um, engage in that slow, effortful breathing to relax the body. So um, really finding what your child likes to do for relaxation and practicing that in advance um, and using that, uh, you know, on the way to the doctor's office or the clinic um, while you're in the waiting room, like we said, and then during the procedure can be very, very helpful. Yeah. You know, and I think as you're talking to, I think such a huge piece that we've, we've hit on before is just that empowerment, right? So it's sort of, it's giving your child some strategies so that they feel like they have you know, some control and, and there's things, there's tools they can use and things that they can do if they're feeling anxious about the experience. I, I like that. Another strategy that parents can do in advance is planning with their child, you know, a special reward that they can do, for example, on their way home um, for a job well done or for showing some courageous behavior during a difficult situation. So, for example, you might plan to take your child for ice cream or to get a special treat, um, or it doesn't have to be something that uh, costs money. It could just be uh, you know, planning to give your child a lot of verbal praise after the needle and use a lot of positive self-talk so that they can um, feel really good about what they've done, which is, you know, doing something that can be really scary for some children. Yeah, I guess, you know, I, it makes me think of um, when uh, when my child was younger and we'd go to the children's hospital here in Ottawa and they had um, ice cream available and Smarties and, you know, some treats and things available for the kids after the needles. And it was sort of, he almost started to look forward to needles in some ways because he knew there was going to be that that reward afterwards, right? So I think, you know, it's trying to link something positive with something that's quite challenging. So I do, I definitely like that idea as well. For sure. And, you know, similarly, um, when my two girls were little, um, I would bring lollipops to all their immunization procedures. And we'll talk a little bit about um, the role of sugar or sucrose in pain management, but um, it worked so well, right? Like the minute right. they got the needle, they would start <laughs> to cry a little bit. And then I would pop out this lollipop and all of a sudden everything was amazing again, right? And they were smiling <laughs> yeah. and excited and um, they were just so happy. So um, it's really funny, like, you know, how, how well sometimes these... Um, treats or candies can work. But this is one situation uh, where I felt no guilt about giving my child, you know, a yeah. lot of sugar and lollipops with food coloring. And I was like, yes, here you go. Have it and, and feel good about it. Right. Okay. Yeah. So 
one last strategy I'll say to plan in advance. This is one that has been well documented in the research as being effective for pain management during needles is using a topical anesthetic cream or a lidocaine based cream. They also sell this in a patch form. It's uh, over the counter. You can get at the pharmacy. Um, I've used them for my children um, during their infant immunizations. And basically the idea here is you apply them uh, to where the needle is going to go about 30 to 60 minutes before the injection. So you have to time it, otherwise it won't really work. But the idea is it numbs the skin sensation and it just helps ease the pain um, during the needle. So this is obviously optional, but it's something that works really well if um, it's an option that you can engage in. And um, here in Canada, like I mentioned, a common one is called Emla. Again, you can buy it over the counter. Um, and if you have any questions about using them, please speak with your family doctor or pharmacist um, about those questions. And also uh, make sure that your child is not allergic to lidocaine, right? So you would want to make sure that there's no reactions there. But like I said, I've used them with my children. They work very well for needles. And um, the other little hot tip there is um, making sure you know where the needle is going, because sometimes uh, during the infant immunizations, they go uh, in the thigh muscle, for example. So I've been caught a few times putting it on the arm, and then I get to the, you know, doctor's office and ends up in, in the baby's thigh, and it wasn't so effective in the, in the long run. But, uh, <laughs> right. you know, it's hard, it's hard to predict sometimes where the needles are going to go, especially when they're getting multiple needles in one, uh, one appointment. But just be aware of that you should know where the needle's going before using the, the cream or the patch. Um, now, if we're talking about the COVID vaccine, that is being given in the arm. So, um, you know, it's a sure bet if you put it on the top, you know, just below the shoulder that, that the needle can probably be given there. Great. So these are all really good ideas, Dr. Layla. And just like you say, this is kind of all prior to the needle. Um, and I mean, obviously, we want people to know that, you know, these are these are suggestions, right? These are just we're kind of providing lots of different options. And then, you know, um, ideally, people can kind of figure out what's going to work best for their situation. Um, so, you know, I think trying to making sure that you do explain a little bit about what's going on, um, being careful not to over reassure or do too much reassurance. Um, letting the child know that it will hurt, but they can manage it. Um, the distraction, like you talked about, some relaxation tools, the reward, and then, you know, possibly if, if um, parents feel like it would be a good option, trying the cream. So these are all things to prepare in advance. What about when the child's actually about to get the needle and actually when they're getting the needle? What are some ideas and suggestions and tips for that experience? For sure. So when you are in the doctor's office or the immunization clinic and your child is about to get the needle, these are some of the strategies we know can be very helpful for children. So um, for a younger child, specifically physical comfort and positioning is very important. So, you know, for a young baby, for example, you want to hold the baby nice and close and calmly in your arms. If breastfeeding is an option, we know that it's really helpful during immunizations. Um, now, if you're not breastfeeding, you can also use a soother, you can offer a bottle. Um, but those strategies seem to be just distracting and comforting enough for the child to not really react to the pain as much as they normally would. 
So that's a really good tip, especially for an infant or a younger child or a toddler. Now, for an older child, you'd still want to think about positioning, things like holding the child in your lap, uh, holding them upright. And you want to hold them in a comforting way, so not too tightly. That would be alarming to the child, right? Like, don't hold your child down. Um, just really kind of loosely holding them, comforting them, and, and helping them feel like they're connected with you and that you're there if they need you, right? That's kind of the idea there, is that comforting holding presence. The next strategy for parents that's really important to remember here is modeling calm coping. And this has to happen before, during, and after. And the reason why this is so important is that children often look to parents to uh, ascertain or determine whether there's something really dangerous in the environment, right? So if a parent perhaps has their own needle phobias or fears around pain during immunizations, um, you know, the child's going to pick up on that very quickly, right? So this can be a difficult thing for some parents to do, but the idea is really trying to manage your own anxiety as a parent during these procedures, because nobody really likes to watch their child get a needle, right? Like it's not, it's not the most right. pleasant experience for us parents, right? Um, especially when they're little and, and they're getting multiple mm -hmm. needles. I, I remember those, you know, situations so well. Um, and, and it's, you know, it could be quite traumatic for parents to see, but uh, we do need to hold ourselves together and stay calm because the children will reference us. And if they see that we're reacting or making a face or that we're worried, children will feed off of that emotion and become anxious and, um, you know, it just won't go well. So we want to really model that calm coping on the way there while we're there and as we're leaving and post and afterwards, right? So really, really important for parents to stay calm and regulated. So we talked about deep breathing a few minutes ago, hey, you know what, parents, do it too. Do some deep breathing, use some distraction for yourself if you need to, just try and stay calm and regulated because you are going to be the number one anchor for your children to stay calm and regulated too. It's uh, it's funny, Dr. Layla, as you're saying that, I was thinking about my earlier comment about how we want to empower our children, right, and have so that they have the tools. And then, you know, the whole idea behind providing these tips is also we want to empower the parents so that they feel confident and comfortable walking into the whole situation. So again, it's kind of that it's that modeling, right? And we've talked about that many times before, but you model that, you know, that sense of, of calm and, and confidence and knowing everything will be okay. And your children are going to pick up on that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, you know, related to this idea of modeling, again, you know, we don't want to be reassuring our kids too much about the painful procedure. So we want to be calm. It's going to be okay. It's only going to hurt for a second. And that's it. So no more reassurance, you know, beyond that. Um, because too much reassurance, we know, escalates the child's anxiety and potentially their pain as well. Okay. Um, during the needle, continue using the deep breathing we talked about moments ago. And another strategy here in terms of relaxation that a child can use is imagery or visualization, right? So imagining themselves in a very calm and, uh, you know, relaxing spot at the beach, for example, at the cottage um, can be a really helpful relaxation tool. So um, when you engage your senses when you're visualizing, that can be very helpful too to feel relaxed, right? So the five senses when you're visualizing. Distraction, 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 distraction. I can't repeat this enough. It is critical in terms of uh, pain um, 
painful procedures for children, as well as infants. It's been shown in the research for years now to be a very helpful strategy that works really well. Um, so for babies, I know we talked about this a moment ago, babies and toddlers, introducing a new toy at the immunization appointment, um, something with a lot of sensory modalities to it, like something with music or lights or sounds or colors, something new they've never seen that's going to capture their attention um, and keep them engaged in the toy. So that can really help them right a few moments before the needle goes in and during the needle procedure, right? It only lasts a couple of seconds, um, but just whip that toy out <laughs> right before, right? Right right out of that goodie bag because it really, really helps, especially with babies and toddlers. Um, for a, a younger child, um, you know, things like singing together, blowing bubbles, uh, blowing on that pinwheel, um, you know, having that video game out or that new app on your phone. I know a lot of parents you carry their phone around, so sometimes it's easy just to have that there. Uh, listening to music, for example. These are all really good, helpful, distracting um, activities for, for children. And then for teens as well, you know, video game apps, things like that, right? So whatever they like to do that's going to keep their mind of what's happening is going to be really helpful to reduce their pain during the procedure. Um, okay, so the last one I want to mention is pain management. We talked about using the Emla or lidoc lidocaine cream or patch right before. That's really helpful. Um, another quick tip here is with a younger baby, sucrose or sugar water can help manage their pain during painful procedures. Um, there's going to be more information in the handouts and the links to resources for this podcast that um, will have some tips about how to make uh, sugar water if that's something you choose to do. And sometimes the physician or pediatrician has sucrose in their office and certainly at the hospitals, they offer that to uh, young babies all the time. So uh, just another option in terms of pain management, just moments before the painful procedure is about to happen. Okay, awesome. So many good tips. Um, any other, I'm kind of thinking now about our timeline. So we've got before, we've got during, any tips for after the needle? Is there anything parents should be thinking about um, once the needle's done? Mm -hmm. So we talked already about parents needing to model calm behavior even after, right? So not leaving the doctor's office and being like, oh my gosh, that was horrible. You know, like, <laughs> don't say anything like that. Just stay calm and regulated and, you know, really just demonstrating for your child that it wasn't a huge deal and they did really well. Um, praising your child is critical, right? So saying to your child, wow, you were so brave. You did a great job. We know that that was painful, but look how brave you were. You hardly cried or you cried, but you, you were able to regulate and you did such a wonderful job, right? You were able to, to do it even though you were scared. Um, and then a part of that is also rewarding your child, right? So if you had planned in advance to take them for ice cream, or if they're going to get a special treat, just trying to end the experience on a positive note, that really helps children, even young children, remember the painful procedure in a more positive way so that when they're going back for another needle, because, you know, we all have to get needles every few years, whether it be flu shots or, um, you know, routine childhood immunizations, um, just so that they're not remembering that as a horrible event. And, and when they go back for their next immunization, they're feeling a lot more positive about the experience. So their memory is more positive, right? Yeah, great. Awesome. Well, these are really great tips, uh, Dr. Layla. Thank you so much for providing these. Um, and I know here in Canada, we're really lucky because we have a number of leading experts in pediatric pain research. And uh, it's definitely a goal of ours to have a few of these experts on as guest speakers in the future. So just to wrap up, Dr. Layla, do you have any suggestions for resources for our listeners? 
Absolutely. So as Dr. Jen just mentioned, we have amazing, amazing pediatric pain researchers here in Canada. They've set up some really great information for parents and families to access online. Um, a lot of uh, social media campaigning as well about, you know, getting this really important research out there into the hands of families and parents so that they can use these strategies we talked about today. Um, but, you know, just a couple of the websites I'll mention, Immunize Canada or immunize.ca has a lot of helpful information. Sick Kids, their website is called aboutkidshealth.ca. It Doesn't Have to Hurt is another main social media campaign translating all this really great research into practical information parents can use. And finally, Kids in Pain, which is the Solution for Kids in Pain uh, research team. So those are all really great websites for parents to reference. I'll have them all in the description of this podcast episode so you can check it out as well as some YouTube videos that they've created um, and some PDF handouts as well. Great. Thanks so much, Dr. Layla. And thanks to all of our listeners. And please check out those links that Dr. Layla was mentioning. They'll be provided in the description, um, which includes parent handouts as well as YouTube videos.